Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. You sneaky bastard. You started spilling the the takes and the hot goss, so I had to, I had to <laughs> get it started. Did you see that, the pic of him in Vegas? With his butt and what everyone thought was his dick, but it was his knee. Maybe I shouldn't have started recording. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Lil Nas X, it had who been... I found out about a week ago and now can't stop listening to his EP, which I enjoy. It's about horses. It's about, about horses. horses. He posted this Vegas photo, or series of photos, and it was it had been posted like six minutes ago, and I, it said at the top, Cameron Sheets like this, so I immediately <laughs> texted him fellow film fag Cameron Sheets and was like when will he raw me <laughs> and then and then after I said that Cameron alerted me to the fact that he is more than 10 years younger than me I was just about to inquire his age he is 20 he's a fresh 20 I as was well. extremely extremely relieved watching the farewell when it was revealed that Aquafina's character is in her early 30s Who's wait Aquafina? Oh. oh, that's good. Because it, I always assumed it, is, it was upper twenties. Once you sort of crest past twenty six, you are no. Anytime you watch a movie about a young adult, you are always older than the young adult. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated the representation of someone older than me. When do they? Who s- still doesn't have it all figured out? Well, how I know is that is very refreshing. How um, when does when is it revealed in the movie? I don't remember. Because I remember the whole time wondering the same thing and just assuming, ah, oh, she's probably like... She's like 24. Like mid... I figure like mid to late 20s. I believe she's 30 on the dot. Okay, that is... that that You're right. It's what you said. That yeah, it's refreshing. Roughly that age. Or, I mean, was, was that six age years ago? six years ago when this movie takes place? The events place. of the farewell. This is also not her first film. I know. I did not know that until after I logged it. She made a film in 2014 called Posthumous, starring Britt Marling and Jack Houston. Ooh, Jack Houston. I meant to look up. Does anyone know, did the farewell go through the Sundance Labs? Yes. It must have. It feels very it did. labby to <laughs> me. Lab, lab, lab-like? Mm-hmm. Very laboratory. The, the Guggenheim Fellowship stuff is very Sundance Lab, and I would cut it all. Cut it all! Oh. The the two mentions of it. So, well, la- so it- I was going to say, oh, I thought you were just saying more generally. I was like, so last week we came out as centrists on healthcare, and mm. now you're saying you want to defund the arts. Oh, no. I just want to cut <laughs> that part of the movie out. Got I it. forget who tweeted it, but someone said, ah, now a category has emerged movies where a depressed someone someone guggenheim something something the savages and the farewell oh Ooh, for sure <laughs> yeah i forget who tweeted it but it was i didn't think it, about I, oh yeah it's guggenheim i always thought that philip seymour hoffman was going after the macarthur genius but you're right it is the guggenheim it's um no laura, it's laura Linney's character is applying oh well then, she references the guggenheim eight thousand times she's like I'm, well the guggenheim i'm not being sexist i just remember his character being the failed uh, like professor. Spoiler of the alert: They both are. <laughs> That's what's so beautiful That's, about he's just, he's the just savages. Successful, but also not where he wants to be. Right. 
Whereas Laura Linney is not getting the grant that she wanted. Where she has a day job at an office, right? Well, it's in that movie. When yes. she when it's like she, awful like fly? office typing. When she yes, I think goes to Philip Seymour Hoffman's pad to crash for the night, and mm-hmm. he I always remember him moving all those books off mm-hmm. of the couch. He's like, it's actually pretty comfortable. Like that to me <laughs> reads failed grant mm-hmm. application. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I'm sure he was at one point in his. In the character's life. In his life. Uh, Actual life. Speaking Mm. of life, speaking of high life, Brandon, um, what's going on on the Cat CBD front? It's been shipped. Tell me all about it. Uh, I got the treats from from Holista Pet. They can Venmo me $5,000. Yeah. $4,200. I'm very excited. I'm excited to put my cat to sleep through the night <laughs> or forever. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Are you going to miss her scratching you at 3 a.m. saying good morning? Linda no. and Shmi must have been chatting because... I've In their witching getting, corners. I've been getting 3 a.m. taps well, lately. get ready. Because they won't stop end. until you're dead. Mom sleeps I through slept the through the night for the first time, I think like a couple nights ago for the first time in probably six years. And I was like, oh, this is what... This is what rest sleep feels feel, like. Yes. Mm. So when you are going home for the holidays, do you look forward to it partly because you'll be able to get a full night's sleep? I sleep through the night. Oh, how beautiful. Did you notice? <laughs> I love that. Perfume Genius you. song? We slept through the night. Uh, I feel it. I feel I that. You and Shmi are going to sing Alan to each other as soon as you start feeding her those weed gummies. They're little uh, paw-shaped treats. Beep, beep. Oh, that's just adorable. They're probably not even CBD-infused, and I'm being scammed. Well, I was going to say... Alyssa Pet has good reviews. Okay, as long as you check the reviews. Good reviews. Video reviews. Oh. There's like the Canna Jerks or something, not and they familiar. do video reviews of I like say, they sound like YouTube products. people. Yeah. <laughs> they did the Holista Canna Pets. Jerks. Mm-hmm. They not- can Venmo me $14. The Canna Buds. For $42. Dollars. And 420 zeros. cents. Thanks. I don't have anything to say. There, there, <laughs> All right. Well, I was, this has been movies. Well, I, 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 I was, in, I was inhaling like I was about to say something. I had nothing to say. I have an anecdote. Oh, I, God, I love small Please. talk. For the my, love of God, tell my it. My therapist annoyed me this weekend oh. at our session. Was he pushy? He was pushy. Here's here's what he said. We were, we've been discussing two steps I need to take in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not going to say what those are here on the mic. No, I was going to say that would be very vulnerable but, and personal. <laughs> he literally was like, you have to do one of these or commit to do one of these this week. Or he was just very nonchalantly like, or we can talk about it for another eight months. <gasps> that would piss you off. Uh-huh. And I was like, you're right. You are absolutely correct. But... Or we can rib off the Band-Aid, is what he said. We did talk- you yell at him? Were you him? like, or no. this could be our final session? <laughs> no, but we did Doctor. talk about recently, a couple weeks ago, that he, almost every week, he thinks I'm going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty committed. I am. Yeah. I would love to see the type of energy that you exude in therapy. I, I don't want to imagine that. It would stress me out. What, what's your we energy fight in and I tell him when I, I tell him, You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing you do you uh, say that you're wrong yes and you get loud yes do you ever do yell get, get a job <laughs> no <laughs> get a life 
<laughs> Get laid, bitch. <laughs> Get a Punch job. sand. Stay away from go, her. Go her pound some me. sand, bitch. Brandon, what is your energy in therapy? Oh, you know, I just smile talking about my trauma. I'm like, <laughs> and then <laughs> I, if, I, not a visual if I become like, if I become energized or if I start talking like how I talk actually on this mic, I'll be like, well, then, you know, he just, yeah. You know, and, mm-hmm. and so you talk about men. He'll literally back up in his chair and be like, oh, oh, that, oh wow. That was a lot. And then whenever we talk about sex, he leans forward. He's very excited. He really he likes wants to talk to, about him. He really wants to. So does Doctor Well. Does he lean forward? My yeah. therapist. When, I, when I'm talking forward. about anything else, I'll see him stifle a yawn. No, <laughs> I thought you got rid of that one. No, no. Well, no, not, he's good, but I have seen a yawn stifle. Yeah, but when I'm talking about things, yeah, but you go on a Saturday. It's morning. It's their job. It's Saturday morning. No, you have to. You have to be okay with that. And like, I never get upset at my therapist if he like forgets a name. That I've only said maybe once, like three weeks prior. You know, they see a lot of people. This is a job. It's I'm a, always surprised I, when he remembers details of yeah. my story and at all. Yeah, I'll 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 catch myself. Like I used to get annoyed when like they don't know exactly what, <laughs> what I'm talking, talking about, about with barely any context. Uh-huh. I'll like drop a name like Bob. You know, who is 17 Bob? sessions ago? I, I need to know who Bob is code for. Bob. I mentioned Bob in passing. <laughs> My once. therapist and I like to talk about me as if I'm not in the room. We just sort of oh. have a joint dialogue about this person, like That's very really analytically, funny. who just doesn't happen to be in the room at the time. Oh, yikes. Not, I, would, not, I would hate that. It, no, that's not like. Well, that's just like how I do it, I guess. It's not, it's, yeah. a, it's not like a bit. It's just like, it's, it's very. Like top down. Yeah. Like you guys are or- orbiting above the. Well, again, you know, yeah, he session looking he, down. He on does you. seem to cycle back as soon as somebody says that to you. Yeah, mm. no, I would have to agree. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Much like this podcast, my therapist will be like, "And how do you feel about that, or whatever?" And I'll be, like, "I have nothing to say." You'll be like, that. "How dare you ask I'll, me a question?" I'm just that's... like, "I have nothing to say," <laughs> and then he prods me, and then I, I and have you to, yell at him, and then I have to come up with something <laughs> to say. Is it? Is it? A, is it a lie? No, I never the lie. lie. I never. It's getting to you, isn't it? Brandon, what? I bet you've lied in therapy. No. Never. I used to lie in therapy. Okay, but you used to lie. I withhold I details, used to but lie. I don't lie. Huh? I withhold details, but I'll I I'll withhold, lie. but I'll never lie. <laughs> I used to lie. You're just wasting your money. Yeah. And what, yeah, what am I doing? You're I'm paying lying. somebody to listen to the lie, or to, li- to, to listen to things that you would normally lie about. Uh-huh. Did we all, speaking of the lie, have we all watched? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, for me, it's back. This I mean, was a good it, one. It slooped, slooped. Last week, Sloop, sure. It last slooped down. Last a little week was bit. not good. I think. I, and I didn't want to say. Agree. No, I would agree. I, don't <laughs> I think it was great. I think we talked about on the mic that I did like the last episode because I liked the sort of paranoid purgatory of it. Mm-hmm. But no, this episode, the narrative's back on the 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 mm-hmm. train is chugging down the tracks. But I one really didn't really don't like where we, where we're going. You don't like where we're going. I, I, it's just like it feels so dramatically inclined to have Nicole grill Meryl on the I stand. I know, but that's I love. It's it. going to be great. It's going to be it. great, but I too soapy. But the show is soapy. Yeah. Like it's it, it's not that. It just it feels too. It feels like that serves a narrative purpose mm-hmm. and a dramatic purpose. And of course, it's a television show. It's drama, but it feels like it's it's so transparently serves a dramatic purpose rather than a narrative purpose. I should mm-hmm. say, that's what I mean. The, um, and then when they were like, I, I always watch, I didn't on the first season, but now I, because these episodes are so fucking short, which of course we can talk about if you want to, but no. what, what else is there to say? We're all <laughs> disgusted and angry. And 
dying to see like the way that I've been talking about with friends like release the Arnold cut I've, I've had like co-workers and like people I know who do not like this season and after this news they're like so will you finally admit that it's not good I'm like no it's great but I'm pissed off knowing that there's a masterpiece somewhere where two yeah, things can be true I, two it's, things can be true it's what once again Mattis Farmer living in our brains pays <laughs> rent, rent free rent free um it's what he said. Two things can be true. We can be furious. We can also really enjoy this season. Mm-hmm. But what about the authorities? It's Brandon? like enjoying the magnificent, 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 <laughs> the magnificent Ambersons in the form that we currently have it in, mm-hmm. even though we lost an hour of the movie. Right. I but the other thing exactly I was going to say when on the scenes for next week's Big Little Lies, I was really gobsmacked by. Oh, the I didn't fr- watch. I don't. I, don't, I, I never. I never, I, I never watched them, but this season because the episodes are so short, I'm just really. I'm craving more, and I really am unhappy. I want if more. I, dot gift. I want more, and I normally never watch. I never watch scenes on the next anything, but I have found myself watching them this season. But the beginning of the episode teaser is on the final episode of Big mm. Little Lies. I was like, excuse me. Yeah. I thought there were going to be two more episodes. This happened last season too. I'm not. I'm not ready for it. I always forget it's seven. And by always, this I mean, yeah, last year. This season forgot. does feel smaller than last season to me. Well, it is about... And I do think that is a flaw. The first season just feels so expansive. Well, when you think about all those little details that Andrea Arnold's able to capture, you realize... That, that are not in the show. You're missing the Z-axis. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. You're yeah. missing the Z-axis of this entire season. Yes. yes. Which would lend so much more depth. I mean, I think this season has a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. But knowing that there's this sort of ethereal quality that would really call the materialism into question, like, and because this season we're dealing with a possible psychic and a coma mm-hmm. on her deathbed and double crossing boyfriends and, you know, cheating husbands and um, uh, bankrupt, like, just like all these big, big soapy elements, to know that there's like this possibility of atten- more attention paid to just like the humanity of it and like mm-hmm. the soul of it and that's just gone I'm not saying the show doesn't have a soul but knowing that but there would be more Andrea Arnold's just very good at like capturing that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and I know I'm saying that very stupidly but I, I don't care to be smart today but I just I mean, knowing that we're missing a whole element of the mm-hmm. show is maddening and she got fucked over so bad I mean mm-hmm. it's Jean-Marc Vallée is canceled, and as someone who has been apologizing for Jean-Marc Vallée for the past, like, five years, I mean, that's not the only reason why I'm pissed, but, you know, I'm kind of mad about that, too. Yeah. Um, the final shot of the last episode, the Meryl oh. eye shift, mm-hmm. when it goes, she looks forward, and then she looks to the side with a little smirk. Mm-hmm. More acting in that eye shift than she's done in a decade. Oh, <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> wow. wow. That's rough. Thank you. I'm like, what is what has she done in the past decade? I don't know, because it's complicated. It's pretty good. It's pretty great. <laughs> oh, She's, sure. She really is doing good work. I also think she's seamlessly. doing a very Nancy. different performance, but same year. I think she's incredible in Julia and Julia because she's doing she's doing Ben's, you know, Meryl Streep's been doing drag for the past mm-hmm. ten years. But I think but it's that's ve- I think it's very effective because it's not mere she's caricature. Good in that it's movie. not mere caricature. There's a lot of hurt in that performance, mm-hmm. a lot of vulnerability, a lot of wounded qualities, and also a lot of Joie de vivre and uh, persistence Jane and power. Lynch is in that movie and she's Ooh. so miscast. Ooh. <laughs> I forget Ooh. who she Jane is. Lynch is her sister. She plays Julia's sister. <laughs> Ooh. There's literally a scene where they meet at the train station <laughs> in France both. and they both just like wave their hands Ooh. in the air like Kermit the Frog and go, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That SAG cinema. Award winner, Meryl Streep. 
I believe. Film. Sorry, one last thing about Big Little Lies before we move on, because I'm already lies. sweating. We gotta go, because we're gonna start melting in yeah. our seats. It's it was hot today. This weekend yes. was the first hot. Uh, it was a real hot one. I had to use my AC for like multiple hours for the first time. My roommate weekend. was out of town, and I also recently got the energy or the gas and electric bill, and my AC unit is very energy efficient, so the bill was very low, and we're Hell like yeah, we're not we're like basically at our energy efficient neighbors. You know how like you get the emails where you can compare and contrast. Oh, no, I don't know. Do you not get those emails from SoCal Gas? No. They, they send you an email showing how much power you're using compared to your energy-efficient neighbors and your bad neighbors. But anyway, so not using a lot of energy, extremely cheap, but my roommate, who I love to death, is still, like, she's one of those people who, like, if she walks past the air conditioning unit and it's on, she'll just, like, turn it off. Hmm. Oh. Because she's, she's very, like, environmentally conscious and, sure. like, she's not cheap, but she she's not a... She, she's very smart with her money, mm-hmm. but she was out of town this weekend, so I had it going the entire weekend. I, oh, yeah. I'm i pretty liberal with my use. I was last summer, and I didn't like how much it cost at the end of the day. I haven't gotten my first summer bill. I'm yeah. sure once that happens, I'll be like, nope. What kind of settings <laughs> do you have on your AC unit? On, off. That's it? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no like levels. Um, I mean, I have like a fan version, yeah. Yeah. which I run the fan version. Yeah. Yeah. But then if you crank a di- the AC version, that thing revs up. It's going to happen. Like, <laughs> Ice Age 6. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, oh, just the last thing I wanted to say was Hunter Harris's tweet. What? Uh, Bonnie's really going to spend this whole season wearing chunky sweaters and killing her mom. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe Kravitz is so good on this. She really so is. good. Really astonishing, quiet work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I th- I think we've talked with this on here before, but Meryl's probably going to win the Emmy. Of course, maybe maybe with all of the narrative around how Andrea Arnold got fucked over and that we won't see nominations for the Emmys yeah. of this show. It doesn't qualify for this year's Emmy, so it'll be a full year before the nomination, so it's possible like it washes away in the tide. But Meryl will probably win. And it's gonna be in regular series. Yeah, that's true. It's not gonna be in be limited. limited next year. But Meryl probably wins supporting actress, mm-hmm. which I think is totally fine because I think Meryl's I think she's doing extraordinary work and like mm-hmm. deeply weird work. Mm-hmm. But Laura Dern is has ten times the amount on her plate from last season for which mm-hmm. she won the Emmy. Yeah. So like it's not just like more range, it's a lot more tones, like the she has more comedy and more drama. Mm-hmm. And like she she's she's not just like the side character who uh, like comes in, says like a clueless bitchy remark, and then leaves. Yeah. Like she has so much depth. This not that she didn't before, but she has so much more depth. She really should win. Her or Zoe should win. Yeah, but Meryl will win, and it won't even be a question. Yeah, that's perjury, babe. Mm. That's, that's perjury, babe. <laughs> that line reading, mm. line of the year. Um, okay, hello. I assume all of the babes are Laura Dern and not in the script. Yeah. Oh, always, right? Totally. That's yeah. perjury, babe. I mean, that line reading is 100% just Laura. Mm-hmm. Laura. Future Academy President Laura Dern. Uh, yes. Now that John Bailey is going out. Stepping down. Canceled. Is he stepping down or, like, do you know? Is he stepping down or is his term to stop? I felt like Cheryl Boone Isaacs was president of the Academy for like 25 years. She was for four years, but it's because you can can only be on the board of governors also for a certain number of years. So So he he can't continue for four years like she did because he's already at the end of that term. Wait, so that means Laura's probably not eligible either. Because hasn't Laura been on the board for at least two years? 
But she's really doing work at just, that museum. Yeah. With her hard hat. With her hard hat. <laughs> well, you know, I don't want Laura Dern to be taken away from doing her work. Mm-hmm. But I think about how Betty Davis was the president of the I Academy know. once upon a time. And I just think it would be wonderful to see really Laura would. with her hard hat on the Dolby Theater stage. Mm. <laughs> You know, we've been doing great work on this museum. You guys she are really going to enjoy in the, it. In the middle of the Oscar ceremony and be like, welcome. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I, wa- I want to int- introduce everybody to one of our construction workers from next door. <laughs> yes. They're working really hard, really diligently to really celebrate the movies and really celebrate why we all come together. It's for what's up on the screen. And then she'll, that's and, a good and then, Laura. And then Billy Crystal walks out the side in like an orange jumpsuit. Uh, She'll just like oh, casually a- be like, and I grew up on film sets. Oh, always. Actually, we My all, father. We, we, all, we all called him Hitch. <laughs> there was that summer I went back and forth between a Hitchcock and a Scorsese. It was wow. Like my mom. My mom and I did a movie called Rambling Rose and it was incredible. Holy shit. We that's both a good got Laura. Oscar nominations. It was beautiful. Uh. What a film. What a film, Laura Dern's life. Can you do the podcast as Laura Dern? Absolutely. No, I lost it. (laughs) That shifted. A friend of mine used to joke that he wanted there to be a uh, talk show called How You Dern with Laura Dern. (laughs) How You Dern. How You Dern. How You Dern. Okay, shut up. (laughs) Okay, hello. (laughs) How You Dern. Uh, this is movies I am. Oh. There's a turkey in the room. Um, this is movies I am. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's a podcast where your three fake film fags. We talk about movies and Big Little Lies. Allegedly. I'm Kirby. That's perjury, babe. That's perjury. Fave babe. film facts. That's perjury, babe. Oh. oh. What's your name? I'm Ben Hemby. I'm Daniel Crook. And today, we're here to talk about. My fave film of the year so far. Oh my god. I love when this happens. I'm so sorry, sweetie. Book smart. <laughs> She's not listening. Well, maybe she is. Maybe. Anyway. Lulu Wang's sophomore feature, The Farewell. Mm-hmm. Good movie. Good movie. Starring Aquafina. And others. A whole host of oh. exceptional. Jima. Diana Lynn. Oh, Diana Lynn is so fucking good. And the good. titular farewelling lady. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't actually farewell, spoiler alert. Hey, you're right. Okay, oh, spo- we're going to spoil it. Um, <coughs> we're spoiling it. Uh, sorry, spoiled. We're getting into I mean, weeds. when that card comes up, your heart just Ugh. swells. I agree. She's still and with us today. Anyway, the actress's name, Shu Zhen Zhao. Zhao. Shu Zhen Zhao. Is this the woman who plays the grandmother? That is Nene. Nine-nine. First, Nine-nine. first Sorry. time actor. Is she? Yes. I think so. The Let me IMDb double check. is blank. <laughs> Let me double check. Blank oh. IMDb. Yeah. If this Jen. movie multiplies the box office, mm-hmm. best Oscar chances are screenplay. Absolutely. And then supporting actress for I grandma. I completely agree. And then actress. Yep. And then I think it could even get best picture if it gets all of those. If it's like a huge, massive fucking hit, those yeah. are the four it's the that first, it can get. It's the first real Oscar contender of the year. Mm-hmm. What about... No. Dylan. Well, I mean, so she's good. great. Um, I was going to ask about director, but I mean, we were even questioning Greta getting that. So. Well, and Greta, of course, like was a fairly, fairly well-known name right. at the time. And I'm not saying that that's why she got nominated, 
but just the inherent sexism of the Academy for mm -hmm. a first time female filmmaker to get yeah, nominated, that's... especially for something that's character driven like this feels almost impossible. And I know it's, which is a shame because it's a beautifully directed film. It's boring of me of all people to say, but this movie reminds me a lot of Lady Bird. It actually did, does for me too. You got a lot of good mother, daughter and daughter, grandmother and grandmother, mother and mm -hmm. brother, brother and cousin, cousin and cousin and Japanese girlfriend. A young woman and... coming into her own and yeah. grappling mm -hmm. with her family yeah. and how yep. that, portends for her future mm. and her mm. family's future and that's where yeah. it differs a little bit for me between this and lady bird is that the movie like doesn't end with her like well, as richard brody said it's anti-democratic this film did brody pan the movie i didn't read i just saw a Why, tweet. what did he do he literally said that it argues against individualism and therefore it argues against people don't deserve capitalism <laughs> i mean uh not cap sorry democracy hmm. let oh, me find a tweet you know, when he's right, he's right. And <laughs> when he's wrong, he's really wrong. Which is, Richard really Richard Brody is, does anyone think uh, being anti-democratic is a good thing? I love Richard Brody. I think he's a really interesting artist. Boy. Um, the Farewell is about oh, to... Okay, can oh. I read it? Yeah, please. I was shocked by that essentializing riff in The Farewell on the difference between the East and the West. In the East, a person's life is part of a whole... It struck me as an odd bit of propaganda, propaganda suggesting that Asian people don't really want or need democracy and human rights. Well, Richard, <laughs> I, 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 Richard, I hate to break this out, but hold on, let me just open up the closet door. Let me just wheel this thing out. Mm. I got the electric chair for you, buddy. Oh! I brought out the electric chair. Oh, polish off that rust. <laughs> now leave him the rust. Oh. <laughs> Here comes the electric chair. <laughs> uh, the farewell. More like the electric fair. The electric chair well. No. Oh. Keep, it, keep it going. Keep it going. I don't like that. Well, my brain's off today, Brandon. Same. My brain's always off. <laughs> You're like, pro tip. Keep the brain always off. <laughs> and then you never have to worry about anything. If your brain's always off. No There's one, no excuse. <laughs> if your brain's always off, no one can get to you. Two movies this week we watched include birds coming into the home. I know! <laughs> Which I feel like must have been a slight nod to our homework, Brandon. What's our what's the theme and what's the homework? Oh right. We're doing dying matriarchs with <laughs> Chris Columbus's stepmom and Michael Haneke's Amour. Amour. Films that are just intrinsically in dialogue with one another. And classic films. I'm, I'm, <laughs> these, both, I'm, these are all very classic. related. I know it's sort of an age-old discussion, and it's kind of boring that we're bringing them up again. Mm -hmm. You know, these three get paired all the time. Yeah, mm -hmm. but we're, we're happy to do it, because yeah. we really believe in all three films. <laughs> we really do. Mm. Oh, it makes me laugh. <laughs> okay, the Farewell day. stars Aquafina. Did we? Did you give a description? A description. He's doing it right now. Oh, oh, is that what you're doing? That's as literally young, what he's doing right as now. As a young woman, <laughs> keep it going. Who's very close with her grandmother, and um, her family's acting kind of weird. What's up, mom? Why is dad crying? <laughs> well, your grandma's dying. We're going to a fake wedding in China to see your grandmother. It's all a big ruse. She's dying, and, and we're you, not going to tell her. And you ain't coming. And you, you, you get out. You ain't coming. You ain't coming. Well. She 
has an epiphany somewhere and books of light. I thought it was such it's a It's at that birthday party, which is a scene I love. I thought it was such a beautiful uh bit of like not underwriting, but not this movie like doesn't go out of its way to spell out like every single way that A gets to B. Mm-hmm. Like it really trusts its audience. But then also people talk. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is like when she books that flight, like you know, you know the character so well already. You know the way she's living, you know she put it on the credit card. And then when her mom reads yes. her later. Mm-hmm. And I just like that. That's all. That's a, that's a great scene when she puts her. I love when she puts her head. Like you don't you don't see her the smack shoulder. the plastic down and be like, "One ticket to China, please." Yeah. Like you just know that she put it on her credit card. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the mom doesn't even have to bring it up. Well, she does bring it up. She does. Yeah. Which yeah. Anyway, um, and it's based on an actual lie. When that room. when that came up, the man in front of me said at full volume, "Is this the movie?" Oh. <laughs> my audience went. Ha, 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 ha. Oh my god! Oh. We got we got Are some good this? laughs. Why an actual lie? <laughs> why why? Y'all ever seen this? Why is every audience laughing so hard at that? It's they like it's it. like why? it's like it's like title card based on an actual lie. Uh. <laughs> Seriously? The audience bursts into a round of applause. <laughs> was your audience very, very full? Yeah, it was pretty I mean, full. every audience so was full because it got the best farewell per theater average. The best per theater average of the year, beating mm. Avengers Endgame, gives me hope. Fuck you, Bob Iger. Thank God. I mean, Bob Iger's that's a like a, that is like a welcome drop of water in this mm. fucking desert that is the modern movie landscape. Yeah. That's just the world right now but i'm just trying to keep it contextualized here because i will start crying on the mic if we broaden it too much today yeah um so yeah based on actual lie (laughs) and it's a true story true lie and i don't know she doesn't die the end sorry spoiler alert what what brandon i just am gobsmacked i think that was the best description we've ever had on this podcast (laughs) And, and then they go through with really, the wedding. They really go through. It to life. They go through with the wedding, and they follow. The family follows you with the lie. Don't tell the grand. Don't tell your grandma. How dare? Don't you dare say anything. Don't tell my knife. I like that. I like that. Nine is like y'all look puffy. <laughs> like she's like y'all look terrible. I love how obsessed mm. Nine is with Aquafina's butt. It's so sweet. It's like Abby. To, it's like Alana to Abby. Uh, it on is Broad, on Broad City. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. When that's the, the plot. When they when Aquafina first gets to China, and Mom is making those meat pies mm-hmm. in the in the the pan, I was mm-hmm. like, I want one of those so bad. They look so good. They looked really good. And then when Grandma feeds one to her, I was like, I wish that was happening to me. It's right so now. funny. Same. Like you just the sound the sound of her bite is mm-hmm. so funny. Did it make you guys think of your own family? Life of course and it your did. Own grandmas. Of course it did. <laughs> this. And yeah. not just grandmas, just the the whole family. The whole family. Well, because what I love so much about the first scene in the movie, and it's not even about the grandmother dying, even though she is in the hospital and like going in for tests, but she, Aquafina, and her nai nai are having a conversation over the phone. It's evening in New York. It's morning in China. I don't remember what city she lives in. Uh, if you guys remember, you can help me I out. I don't think it's ever said. I'm not sure it's ever said either. And if it is, I missed it. But the city in China, they're carrying on a conversation and there's clearly, it's gotta be Beijing though. Just based on when they, I don't know. Aquafina says that they, that her, that she grew up in Beijing. 
oh yeah 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 no you're right so it uh-huh. must be Beijing but I love that they're having this conversation that is so warm so affectionate and yet they are lying to each other back and forth on what they're doing yes mm-hmm. her grandma's like don't wear earrings in New York and she's like I'm not and she's wearing earrings and you know she's like grandma what's that sound in the back she's like oh I'm just at your aunt's like cooking dinner or cooking That's... breakfast or whatever and it's so like it's not just it's not just it's not as simplistic as like there's a culture of lies in China like that's not what it is and actually one of my favorite things about this movie is that it's it doesn't take the my big fat Greek wedding approach to uh, you know exploring a, a culture that is not mm-hmm. American by being like look how funny this is and look how funny this is like everything is treated like everything is not treated like a punchline or as mm-hmm. caricature um, but uh, anyway so it, my point is it's not like the like lying is something that we don't have out here in the West like that's not what it's saying and that's not even really what it's saying about the family just that like they are they are not they don't actually all know each other uh, yeah. as well as they think they do because they're so concerned with like how they will look on the outside and, mm-hmm. and even like the how embarrassing it is to like tell you it's like your family can be some of the hardest people to tell um you know like, the, what, like who you the, are the worst parts yeah who you are mm-hmm. like the worst parts of your life the worst parts of yourself um and i just thought that was captured beautifully in that first scene, in the first too, scene in the first scene right after based on and you see this little tiny white lie and how the whole thing. My first note I wrote is. You took notes during this? Not during, but yeah. after. I said, uh, specific family dynamic, how we're all always telling lies to each other, whether small or big, and everyone is hiding some facet of themselves at all times. Mm-hmm. And that's with Correct. that one scene. And then it sprinkles throughout the whole thing. They're always mm-hmm. lying. And it makes and- you wonder if her great aunt is lying when she's like. When, 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 when I think Aquafina or her mother is like, what are you going to do? Like after grandma yes. passes away and she's like, I'm all set up. You know, my husband is like stationed out, you know, in another city and we really miss each other and he's been saving up a lot of money. And so we're going to travel the world and it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Like, is any of that yeah. actually the case? Because that- her, her face seems to, you know, betray that sentiment once the conversation is broken off and she's just looking straight ahead. Like she looks contented. But she, there's just the, the the lingering, you know, odor of a lie. Yeah. No, that scene, I think I thought about a lot afterwards. It's very, mel- it's, it's very melancholy. It's very melancholy. Uh, not the first time. But it makes me think um, about how, like, even in a family unit, like, you touched on this already, but no one knows each other, really. Like, if it's not a lie, this great aunt does have this entire life that she sacrificed to live with her sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously the husband is true. Like mm-hmm. they miss each other. That's true. But the idea that they're going to be all taken care of and everything's going to mm. be fine. So don't worry about yeah. me. That's really what everybody's constantly saying to each other is like, mm-hmm. don't, don't worry, worry about, about me. me. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's Ooh, I'm fine. fine. Season three. Thank yes. you. Promo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that that whole overarching theme comes from that initial scene. Yeah, it's set up in the script, yeah. I mean, that I mean that opening scene alone, I was like, okay, I love this movie. <laughs> like, it's it a, just, it's, it just it, distills it down. Big Brandon per- energy. Mm. Anyway, okay. Where do we want to begin? Talk about how you've always begin. loved Aquafina. Well, I just have always loved Aquafina. When did you know? Like, I'm trying to think. I, I knew, I like, what was the first time? When I was 12 years old and I was running the mile <laughs> in gym like class. Like, Ocean's and... 8 was, but I know she's been in stuff before She's been that. a comic. For, I mean, she's she's been a... She was cast in Ocean's 8 because she was a very successful right. comic. Right. I didn't know her as a comic. I only started to know her, I think, through her acting career. I, I have been... So I'm not a uh, Aquafina hipster. I have always sort of been 
not decidedly mixed on her or anything and not even like unconvinced. Like she's always had so much charisma and I love that about her, but there's just elements of her persona that I haven't really gelled with. And I thought she was astonishing in this. I think it just was Ocean's 8 and Crazy Rich Asians back to back. Because that's when her moment began. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she like you said, Dan, she's been a comic for much longer. I, and I think what... She's I'd, a YouTuber, right? What graded oh, on me... she come from YouTube? What graded on me a little bit about Aquafina, and I'm not saying that this was necessarily fair of me to, to think, it's just like my honest reaction, was like the, the level of performance and the layer of like mask on top of everything that she was presenting Mm -hmm. and i didn't like dislike it i just could i just it's so nice to see her be so peel that away this it's this performance is stripped bare authentic but i just always kind of missed having that i wanted to see her do this Mm -hmm. um and i'm again i'm not like saying that i was right about her or that like she was bad before that's like not at all what i'm saying but i was just dying to see a little bit of humanity in Aquafina, which isn't to say it wasn't there. I, I just didn't, it didn't register with me as much as like the, 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 the bigger parts of her performance. Mm-hmm. Um, along with Ladybird, this movie reminded me of Lost in Translation because it's about two characters connecting. I mean, yes, they've known each other their whole lives. They're yeah. granddaughter, grandmother. But the fact that if we're if we are to think this really is the last time they will ever see each other, mm-hmm. much like Bullion. That scene and now canceled tree actor Scarjo. Um, canceled tree actor. True. They it's assumed they will never see each other again mm-hmm. after having this like lovely few days together and you know, same thing. With, yeah, that's true. I love that scene so much. And I don't know if Which I, the farewell. The, fa- the the titular farewell. The titular farewell. Which turned out just to be a temporary farewell. Nice. True. When she's just waving, you can tell she's crying as the car pulls away. Well, like, I I love the coda in this movie of finding out that Nai Nai is still alive. Mm-hmm. Because the movie is not about, like, imminent death. It's more just about, like, the stakes of family when mm-hmm. everybody is going to die. Like, it's about taking these things for granted. It's about how better to appreciate them. It reminds me a lot of Tony Erdman, like, more than Lost in Translation. Mm-hmm. Not that it's either or. But, um... I actually I thought that that coda gave the film even more depth because it it was like a it was it was just kind of like a, a reminder to the audience like don't think this movie was about like how to part with a loved one at the mm-hmm. end of their lives yeah like it's more about just like how to connect with your family and I guess you can extend that to friends or whatever you want to do like not taking it for granted connecting in that moment and mm-hmm. actually going out of your way to hear one another and to share with one another yeah this movie is also. An interesting counterpoint to, not that they're at all similar. Well, any, where are you re- going with this? <laughs> Midsummer. Oh, what? How does this have anything to do with Midsummer? <laughs> grief, hiding grief versus expressing grief. Oh yeah, that's a sure. good connection. I don't know. You know, because like in, I only bring it up because we talked about Midsummer no, last week. No, I think that's week. a good point. These I movies just have nothing to do no, with each other. No, that's a good point. I had just turned but just off... in terms of the display of displays of grief yes i feel that i how this family don't look sad if you stay if aquafina if you come you will just look sad Mm -hmm. so don't anyway i love that part though it's like no you can't come because you're gonna give it away like you're feeling things too much yes that's that's no i don't mean i don't mean to like what your midsummer comparison just (laughs) after our last episode i when i left i was like and i never have to talk about this movie that i liked a lot ever again because I don't <laughs> like the discourse around it mm. and I, I and I t- shut off my brain I think that's a good comparison it is 
Talk about the floor scene. Someone. Ben, I'm looking at you. I can't talk about it. Why? We're, I don't know. We I were just... just saying you can't tell Ben to talk about something. <laughs> Yo. We were literally just sharing an anecdote from Phoebe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I mean, okay, that's Aquafina's Oscar clip. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? No, Ben's just making me laugh. Why? <laughs> <laughs> it is. I'm sweating. I love oh. this movie so much. I struggle to I'm talk about too. it. I'm sweating too. I just love the way characters are framed during conversations. <laughs> we are all just. Famous. I'm fine. Look <laughs> <laughs> good for you. I'm not hot yet. Is it? Is it? Did anyone else notice the framing of heads and bodies? Absolutely, it's great. But it's I, great. I thought this movie had so many grace notes to it and <clears throat> moments of transcendence. And the moment I realized that this was a major director that I was watching was mm-hmm. right before she decides to go to China and she's standing on the subway platform and sees her grandmother on the other side, but mm. through like the subway car, like going back and forth, like what? That's could... not her grandma though. That's an actual person. No, I know. It. But obviously yeah. she's seeing it mm-hmm. and is represent- representative of her grandmother yeah. and for all intents and purposes is. And there's just like that, that image with such basic materials managing to, I think, become totally transcendent. I was so impressed by it. Yeah. And like the the disappearing cigarette smoke outside of her window. I wanted to I come. Was I wanted staggering. to talk about that. The umbrellas uh, as mm-hmm. they're walking to the hospital, the way that those four multi, the multicolored umbrellas in the bottom of the frame just bouncing up and down while they're mm-hmm. going. And it's not like quirky or like Little Miss Sunshine. Like I just thought I thought it was so delicate and well observed. And I I loved the movie. Um, so the cigarette smoke. Oh, yeah. When the grandpa. So she just has the melt, not the meltdown, but the emotional moment on the floor with the mom talking about her memories in China with the grandpa who, you know, she never got to see again. Cut to, I think it's a cut to her looking at her hotel window and the grandpa's there and then he fades away, but the cigarette smoke lingers. I did not notice that at all. (laughs) (laughs) But you liked the movie. I, I did. Okay. Not nearly as much as you both did. Um. Three and a half. Yeah. Um, um, and just like the other moments of magical realism, like the same bird in Brooklyn and then mm-hmm. China and then the... I don't even know if it was magical realism as much as it right was just term. poetic. Yeah, it's not magical realism. It's just poet. Yeah. Like I really like, in the hands of a lesser filmmaker, when she's getting that massage and she's getting the, the cups on her back, mm-hmm. like the only joke is that like when it goes down the first time, she's like, ooh, that's hot. But then in another movie, like it would be the forty-year-old virgin getting the chest wax, like ooh, yeah, ah! yeah. But she only does it the one time, and I love that. Like they're talking like this is a, you know, this is a traditional Chinese massage, like, you, like the, the sort of subtext being like you're gonna like really connect with your heritage. And then her aunt, like who does live or lives in Japan or lives in China, one. I don't remember. I can't remember where the aunt lives. No, no, the, her uncle lives in Japan. Yeah, but she's next to her on her iPhone just getting a foot massage mm-hmm. and she's far more connected fit like in physical proximity to this culture that like so that there's also like it's sort of making fun of the idea like the eat pray love aspect mm-hmm. of like if you just journey through a foreign country and like give yourself over to the culture like yeah. you will be changed but at the same time like it is it's not not saying that but it is avoiding all of the traps and pratfalls uh, of, of like the cultural tourism enlightenment movie or like the comedy about 
uh, a family that is of a certain culture that is not like white and American. Um, and look how silly that is. Mm -hmm. And then I love that later in the film, like when she gets back to her hotel and she takes off her shirt, she has like the dots of the mm -hmm. cups all over her back, but it's not played for comedy. It's more like the mark that this experience has left on her. Yeah. Like that's another like really poetic moment, I think, in this mm -hmm. film. I, I just think it's so full of grace notes like that. Yeah. that's Which that's... is what elevates the whole thing for me. Totally. And it's all those moments combined. The bird, the, the cups. Yeah. My favorite thing in this movie is that uh, when she first gets to China, she first gets to the hotel, she asks the guy for drinking water, and he's like, you can boil it in this boiler. And then later, at some point, she's in her parents' hotel room with just her mom, and there's a bottle of water on the table, and she mm -hmm. eyes it very <laughs> angrily. Uh, it's good. I didn't even notice that. That's a good detail. That's, that's, that's literally so my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> I mean, that's the details in this mm -hmm. movie, though. Is that's. Mm. I also love... That the film is it is going it's not commenting on like Chinese um, not industrialism but just like the the fact we see all these high rise buildings and they're not really that beautiful like they're they're just mm -hmm. these sort of like Soviet block looking like skyscraper not you know Soviets don't have skyscrapers but like all these buildings look the exact same they probably house like thousand people a piece mm -hmm. and as the movie goes on there's like a dialogue about how all of the remnants of the old neighborhood have been raised and replaced by these buildings and of course like i really connected to do that because that's how i feel about los angeles like this is the most beautiful city in the country and 75 percent like architecturally and 75 percent of my favorite buildings have been gone since 20 years before i was even born mm -hmm. you know like the the rinse and repeat cycles of that i mean it makes i would um i was just reading a single man and George was talking about that in the novel. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that that narrative about LA had existed like since the sixties. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, so just like what the, the film is not just like commenting like on the way that China like knocks down its buildings, like it's historical buildings and then builds these giant high rise apartment buildings. It's just sort of about the erasure of the past and the presentation of the present. And I thought that was really well observed. Yes. <laughs> We can move on soon, but I've said all I want to say, um, except the ending. We have to talk about the ending. Okay. The 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 the, the shouting exercise, mm. and how the birds. Ha! <laughs> ha! And then the birds. She does it in on the streets, mm -hmm. the busy streets of Big Apple. And then the birds. It reverberates. <laughs> and, and then in an China. apple falls from a tree and takes a big bite, and she says, "Mamma mia!" <laughs> That's amore. <laughs> Uh, and then it turns into a moray, and Peter Frelly bursts oh. out of the frame, and he says, "Hey, that's a moray. This was all a promo. Ew, this oh. was all a promo. Uh, ben, delete that. <laughs> Wait, why? That's funny. I mean, don't delete it. <laughs> um, and then the birds fly out of the tree. It's it's again another poetic. I thought moment. it was astonishing. And it's not just like in, in, in like that's a beautiful moment, and and you know, anytime birds are invoked, like everything becomes sort of like." you know, we're humans and we're tied to the earth and we're inextricably bound to, like, this life on earth and we're all the same. Like, it's ashes, dust to dust, whatever. But the movie has a lot of those. It also has moments that are existing very much, like, in, like, the human world or whatever, for lack of a better way of saying it. Like, when they go to the wedding ceremony or that wedding dinner mm -hmm. and there's, like, that big group of the workers at, at the banquet hall and they're like this is great to like happiness awaits. Like yes. this is going to be awesome. You're going to be changed. And then later there's that great shot of one of the workers like leaning up against, like slouching in a chair, like on her phone, just like waiting for it to end, like waiting for the party to end. 
It's just, just so much, so many fine details in this movie. Yeah, the whole but wedding ceremony. Both like sequence. the ephemeral and the ethereal, and then like just the very like banal and basic. Their photo op they have. I forget what happens in the photo op. Well, the, oh, the one kid, the groom can't stop crying. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, funny. The spinning when they're playing that drinking game. That's so I don't fun. like the spinning. I was gonna say. I, knew I was gonna say. When I, I s- watched the spinning, my first thought was Ben's gonna hate this. I absolutely <laughs> loved it, and I thought the exact same thing. I, I was you, like, Ben. You- ben is going to think that this is incongruous with the style that has been set up. It doesn't work. It's flashy horrible? for flash's sake. Isn't that mm-hmm. horrible that we watch a movie and when we know Ben's not going to like something, that's the first thing that pops into our brain? I love well, it. it wasn't the first thing that popped in my head, but it did it pop in second. my head. It was the second or third. I, I also like, don't like the slow motion walking. Oh, whatever. Oh, when Aquafina's walking forward. And the whole that, family. They, it happens twice. It does. I think it's fine. I think it's innocent. Lulu Wang innocent. Lulu Wang innocent. Um... I love this movie. It's my favorite so far this year. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, my log was going to be... That's a more, <laughs> Correct. It was going to be, this is my. This is the best movie of the year, but then I forgot Parasite awaits us. It does. Parasite awaits. And a new Todd Haynes. <sighs> what? And The Kitchen. So, never say never. Uh, True. Did you know Kitchen is a DC Comics film? What? Yeah. I did. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an original, like, detective property. Based mm-hmm. on a comic. Oh, my God. I can't handle that heat. Better get out of the kitchen. Better run. If you liked the heat, you'll love the kitchen. When The, the Spike Lee f- is probably going to be out this year, I think. Wait, which Spike Lee? The Vietnam vet one starring Chadwick Boseman. Excuse me? Meanwhile, in my mind, I'm like, the year's over. <laughs> You're no. like, I saw the farewell. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye, rest of year. Because I was... Farewell. I was... Wondering what Chadwick Boseman was up to, as one does, and so I looked at his IMDb, and it's already in post. Damn, because oh, Spike Lee doesn't sleep. It's so coming. It'll probably they'll probably get it out by the end of the year. Hell yeah! Academy his Award second winner, Oscar. Spike Lee. Here it comes. Right. He's gunning for it. Good mm. for him. Good for her. Um, <laughs> Good for her. When the oh, farewell, and then huh? Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Very excited about that. Oh, mm. of course many things still to a lot come. of things to look forward to i mean me much if that was come. actually my log it was gonna be a bit it's gonna be a bit brandon i'm not saying that your bit is wrong i'm just saying i'm just getting excited much about, to look i'm just getting to. excited because there's much to look forward there's to there's just much to come the todd haynes sounds weird it feels yeah. totally atypical for him yeah it i didn't realize like what it was until i heard it described on on the indie podcast uh-huh. in between eric cohen talking about his <clears throat> united flight from hell Oh, I'm Eric. not talking it on the podcast because I'm a professional. Mm. Um, okay, when the farewell expands to a theater near you, go. You're? No, a theater near you? How you dern? Go near see your, it. How you dern? How you dern? That's amore. All right, let's that move is on. Amore. When Laura Dern greets Lulu Wang at the Academy luncheon, Lulu! <laughs> I loved it! <laughs> that Aquafina! Where has she been hiding? And Laura will be so excited to learn that she's dating Barry Jenkins. Oh, yeah. Which will happen at that moment when they're when oh he's standing God. there. <gasps> you guys. Barry. That's just so great. Why did you do kids meet? <laughs> Not even like doing Laura Dern anymore. Just like whispering a little. Ben, uh, can you quote the Laura Dern line from last week's Big Little? You gifted. it. Which one? You shut the fuck up for the rest oh. of your fucking stupid fucking life. Your fucking you fuck. twerp face. <laughs> and then she stuffs Kleenexes in his mouth. Mm. So good. 
That's I only, Andrea Arnold. I only did the That's first Andrea part Arnold. of in, in my GIF. Oh, we have a live update from Mattis Bomber. Shut the fuck up for the rest of your fucked up fucking life. <laughs> fucked up fucking life? Did the Cats trailer come out tonight? What? Did it? Oh, no. It didn't. <laughs> Never mind. And I, mm. <laughs> oh, my God. Matt's living rent free. When when me when Meryl did he text it to you? No, everyone? but I literally was just checking Twitter and forgot we were recording. Me a when Meryl and Clint hook up in the bridges of Madison County, a bridge too far is my kind of bridge. From Channing Tatum's Instagram. <laughs> okay, what is the thing that Channing Tatum has done that people are losing their minds about? What the is pattern? It? What is the pattern? It is a horoscope app, and it knows every single facet of you. How do, do you, you agree? Yeah, I, do. I mean every paragraph about my relationship goals. My whatever, my career, my destiny. I'm like, huh? is it like a generic Leo horoscope, or no. do you do your full chart? You do your, your full, full chart. chart. Yeah. Well, it doesn't really. It doesn't claim to be about astrology. No. Nowhere does it talk about signs. But you give your chart. Yeah. But you, you give your you chart. Put all of the info in that you would do to give your chart. You don't. You're not like double Aries, Virgo, Moon. No, like, it doesn't okay. talk about that no. at all. It just talks about you. It just was like. You've been in a cycle for the past seven months that is about career expansion. The cycle stuff is fine. And now it's time to chill. Mm. Yours, I mean, you said it was yeah. very weirdly accurate. Uh-huh. And mine was too. Dang, it's real. Gotta do I'll it. have to look it up. It's real. I'll have to do it's some real. some consumer research. The patterns see in if Venmo for, see if it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> and Channing Tatum it. can pay us a visit. Oh. <laughs> oh. Shit. Pay us a visit, Brandon. Yes. That's a good one. Listen, baby. Ain't no mountain high. Ain't no valley low. Ain't no river wide enough, baby. If you need me, call me. No matter where you are. No matter how far. Don't worry, baby. Just call my name. I'll be there Okay, well, let's move on to Chris Columbus's absolute auteur masterpiece. Uh, screen five, what? Five screenwriters wrote this movie. Starring uh, a, I wonder which of the five wrote your favorite line starring in Starring a, a rambunctious young child mu- music- magician uh, named Ben. As I said in my log, I was also a young Ben in the 90s interested in magic and potions. Oh, my God. When he bursts out of the cereal cabinet, Julia's like, mm. where? Ben! <laughs> where is Ben? And then she would go on and do Ben is Back later uh, in life. So true. Little known fact, Ben is Back is a direct sequel to Stepmom. Wow. <laughs> Ben's wow. grown up. That's true. Ben did magic. Ben did drugs. Ben oh. did magic. Ben did meth. Oh. But anyway, she oh. finds Ben. He got that white dove. That five-year-old Ben's going to be late for school. Where is he hiding? Mm. In the cereal cabinet. And then like the when kids. Jenna Malone pop And out? then like the children bursting from the television and the Iron Lady. He bursts from the cabinet mm. and goes, ah! <laughs> that's And enough. because I only saw 10 minutes of the film, that's the extent of my uh, knowledge. That's a, that's a Wait, good Wait, oh, have you not seen it before? No, I feel like I saw some of this. I had a friend who lived up the street growing up, and mm. she and her mom clearly liked me because I was gay. Like, we watched Chicago <laughs> together, and, like, uh. she was like, you guys are a little young to watch all that jazz. Uh. They like it, it was, like, that kind of thing, and I would go up there on Friday, Saturday nights, and we would just watch, like, movies on VHS. Mm. And they were every... 
feels like 75% of the women I went to school with, like in the six, fifth, sixth grade range, they all fucking love Stepmom. Oh, for sure. And so I, mean, I, it I, is... I know I have seen pieces of this movie mm-hmm. and it must have been in that context because I think yeah. about like, it's like the fall and mm-hmm. like Susan Sarandon. Big fall movie. Like it the, the big like, fall movie. Unli- unlikely friendship. Mm-hmm. Like, I just I I I have like two shots burned in my brain. I'm Ooh. sure if you watched if you I were might able think to watch the month. full thing. Well, I fucking you would, you would like do a Ratatouille zoom uh, back. Well, I rented it from Amazon for three dollars. It's just that like I my day got away finish from me. Finish it tonight. Yeah, you better finish it because it'll go away in 24 hours if you've already started. The it. question is whether I'm gonna finish it. You better because it's a great <laughs> film. I mean, this. Why don't movie, you two talk about it? This movie. Um, was a big VHS rewatch for my mm. family. This is we, what I'm saying. It was I ubiquitous just it in the Midwest. TV. Yes. Unlike and, TNT. And it was, it was TNT always movie. on TNT. Jenna Malone brings such strange energy to this film. She is, when she is frustrated at those trees, oh. I just can't paint it right. <laughs> and Julia comes over and... And they bond over art. They bond over art. You she, didn't wash my Julie's purple shirt. Oh. <laughs> this purple shirt is filthy. <laughs> How am I supposed to wear this rag? <laughs> this orange rag, mom, stepmom. It's so good. Again, I will only be talking about the first 10 uh, minutes of stepmom. Oh, my God. When she's like, well, I guess my my the better cover of my stepmom hort. <laughs> Why does stepmom wear daddy's underwear? And then Susan Serena's like, in like classic Susan's room, she's like, well, I saw a bunch of dirty underwear on the laundry machine, but I guess she doesn't have time to do the laundry in that house, slut. <laughs> I love when Jenna Malone catches Ed Harris and Julie Roberts fucking, fucking in the shower. That sounds hot. Uh, and Susan's, well, you don't see You don't see, see the it, scene. But you, you see hear it. it. No. No, none of it. It's you implied. You hear it Jenna later. Malone enters and she runs up the stairs angry and Susan's friend and bellows, she says, what did you do, Julia? <laughs> what happened? Well, nothing happened, but... <laughs> but your daughter doesn't know when to knock when I'm fucking your ex-husband. <laughs> okay. I've been living with her for a year. The best Jenna Malone moment <laughs> in this film is when Ed Harris and Susan Sarandon sit the children down and they're like, I have mommy, cancer. yeah, mommy has a disease called cancer. And Jenna Malone gets very angry and she storms up the stairs and Susan Sarandon, Jackie. She stands up to cancer? No, Jackie is like, you don't walk away from me. And no, Ed Harris says, you don't walk away from your mother when she's talking. And Jenna Malone whips around. She's like, because you already did that. <gasps> Oh, she drama. has so many iconic lines in this uh, movie. That's she like does. Vita energy. Yeah. You better that's know, that's big like, Vita energy. Yeah, you better is. know one of those five screenwriters dedicated to writing those True. zippy one-liners the, from the, Jenna Malone. Those <laughs> withering takedowns. The Jenna Malone rewrite. <laughs> Jenna Malone actually is the sixth uncredited screenwriter. Jenna, Jenna Malone needs to be snappier. She's not in the WGA, so she contractually could not get What's, uh, What studio screen. released this picture? The, the studio head with this fat cigar. <laughs> Jenna Malone's gotta be shit. I think it was a Columbia film. Yeah, Christopher Columbia. Hmm? So I will say from the 10 minutes of this movie I saw, it made me so wistful and melancholic. For the type of studio movie, this is like so banal. My for, first for note. 
but they don't make this kind of movie anymore. Stra- it's strange to miss the like mediocre polish of a studio movie. Exactly. It has been replaced by the Netflix. Mm. That's movie. an interesting point. It's been re- that this hear me out. This type of mid-level studio yeah. movie now lives on Netflix. Except they but I would argue Stepmom today would be on but Netflix. But I would argue that would it would be a Netflix original. That it would look cheaper and flatter whereas this yes, movie absolutely. I really well, do feel has a lot of texture and depth that means to in it. Terms of and tone, it's not even trying. Yeah. It's not trying to like have that style and yeah. it's probably just because it was shot on film. Right. But like this but it, this movie has like a studio gloss on top of something that feels very real yeah. but uncanny because everybody's behaving like they're in a script mm-hmm. but it doesn't look fake. Yeah. No, From the 10 minutes I saw no, it does. It actually looks like it looks good. It looks like a movie. Yeah, that that needle Whereas drop Netflix of movies don't. That needle drop of under pressure, like mm. almost brought a tear to my eye because it's so bad. Mm. It's but it's but, very. But, but 90s. they would but they would spend the money. Like a studio would yeah. spend the money. And I, for, for all I know, Columbia like already on the rights. I don't know right. who. I don't know what their connection was with whatever record company produced that. I don't know. But like, it's just indicative of a priority that doesn't exist anymore. Totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just think is Susan still canceled? I mean, she's canceled. No, we can talk about that. About we can talk about how realistic it is to think that one actress who the only thing she's known for in the public eye over the past ten years mm-hmm. is the last three years. Yeah, when she was really disappointed that Hillary won the election because she thought that Hillary was a corporatist. Mm-hmm. I and, think I really this is where I sort of side with the Bernie Bros. Mm-hmm. I do think it's. Re- Ridiculous to think that Hillary Clinton lost the election because Susan, Susan Sarandon Sarandon. shook her head at the DNC. You know, <laughs> yeah. noted influencer and ping pong player Susan Sarandon. Oh my God! Changed the course of the she election. Loves spin. It's like no one cares about Susan Sarandon these days except to point to her and say you lost us the election, which I, I think is yeah. wild. Having I, said that, I does she probably has said some problematic things though that I'm just not. Aware I just of. know that she said she definitely said like a lot of people when once Hillary got the nomination, she said a lot of people. She, like, didn't put it on herself, but said, like, a lot of people do want Trump to win now so that yes. the revolution comes faster. I, yes, no, that... And that, that's a problem. No, that puts you up from being canceled. Um, but... I got a text from a I know that Williamson a lot of people just... Today, oh. by the way. And she said... Really? She, Was here, it Laura Dern, who's hosting a fundraiser? <laughs> no, she's not. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Let me say something quickly about Marion Williamson. Well, and these I, people I, are just, like, hippies. And, and, like, I have a little bit of time for the idea of, like... You have to take her seriously because we didn't take Trump seriously and look where we got. I think mm-hmm. there are substantive differences between them as candidates. Like, I don't think that Marion Williamson is speaking to a, you know, majority of our base mm-hmm. in a way that only she can, whereas Trump, like, was willing to be, like, unvarnished in his racism and sexism and xenophobia. Mm-hmm. But um, I think when I hear something like that, that 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 doesn't scare me because I just really don't think there's a any way in hell she wins because she, there's just there's not enough people who will vote for her because she doesn't speak to this untapped yeah. base. But I hear that and I hear like that Jeff Bridget is Jeff donating. Jeff Bridges donated two thousand dollars. And I think I think that that's maybe cause for alarm. <sighs> I'm, I'm not I'm not saying like yeah. she's going to be president or she's she'll be the nominee alarm. But yeah. that may, I just like it, it's icky. Yeah. But I got a text from Cheryl. Hi, comma, no space, Daniel, period. My name is Cheryl, comma. Wait, my name is Cheryl, space, comma, space. A volunteer with Marion Williamson, a Democrat, running for president. No commas around Marion Williamson, a Democrat. Will you be voting in the primary in March? Please reply yes, no, or maybe. And I said, girlfriend, you are so blocked. Oh. Oh. Girlfriend. Uh, Okay. Oh, I was going to say that. The commas. You may recall that 
the Academy Awards in the year, in the calendar year 2004, for the, no, for the calendar year 2003, for the films of 2002, were on television like a week after we started bombing in Iraq. And Susan Sarandon and uh, her husband, Tim Robbins. Yes. Ex-husband. Tim Robbins mm. came out on stage and there were boos before they said anything. And my mom was like, oh, they're going to say like they're like, it's going to happen. <laughs> they're going to say some they're things. Say like, some. like that's all like that's People all we're booing. That's all anyone knows about Susan, Susan Sarandon, Sarandon as a person. Susan Sarandon is that she's a leftist. She's a crazy yeah. leftist yeah. forever. That's all anyone and when has ever she known and Tim about Robbins her. were married. It was like the hot. Yes. I don't remember. Like, that. I don't like, know. The both I, of them together was like, but then they didn't say anything and the booing stuff. And then Michael Moore, and then Michael Moore said something and the booing began again. Mm. But yeah, no, she's probably canceled for saying that some yeah. of us want Trump to be elected. It's, Although I, I think that she probably misspoke, but to express that sentiment and, and like that is like mm-hmm. kind of unforgivable, but I thought she was but, great, but I thought she was great on feud the next year. I will say, <laughs> She's a great she actress. She was great on Feud. She's truly a great actress. She's one of our greats. And mm-hmm. not in like a Meryl way, but I think Susan Sarandon is such a captivating in particular. Same. I could watch her read the phone. Screen book. presence. Yeah. She's great in Stepmom. She's great. She, uh, her she rasp, like is so beyond what the level of material calls for yes. in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> she could just, she could have just phoned it in. She was hot off her Oscar win, and she was feeling herself, I think. She was like, I'm going to do this. I'm gonna. She was like, I'm a dying matriarch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do I'm it. I'm going to hit the box office with Julia Roberts. <laughs> They're not going to know what hit them. Mm. Hell yeah. She's so good in The Witches was, of Eastwick. She was mm. torpedoing capitalism by knowing, knowfully, knowingly being in a terrible movie. Mm. So she was sort of like putting a bomb in capitalism. Mm. <laughs> You're right. Kind of like Meryl Streep was the bomb in mm. Maggie Thatcher's legacy. Oh. Accidentally. <laughs> And I bet Susan was like, oh, I just would love to work with Chris Columbus. I really, I really bet she thought that. I met him at a cocktail party. Mm. He's so nice. She also has a sibling S, which I think endears her to the homosexuals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would have to agree. Who's? Who's? Susan, Susan Sarandon. Oh, yes. Sibling S. She does. She does. Um, and love Julia. I don't think she's good in this But movie, I though. didn't say she was good in the movie. I, I just said, and I love Julia. But I love, I love watching her. her. I love when she gets out of bed. She's like, oh, my God, I'm late. Bam! Her character makes all no sense. I know in this that movie. she doesn't. Oh, she's job. a photographer. Can we talk about her job? Oh and my her, god, and her gay boss let's who talk about, is not gay. Let's talk about her Photoshop job. Oh, that's that's my favorite part of the movie when she's oh, like, yeah. "Give me one hour," and then we cut to <laughs> after taking after taking pictures of the doing mo- typing. She's she, so all of the she's a photographer, and all the models on set are just clowning around with the craft service guy. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, gross. Um, oh, and ew. canceled. And Linda's Julia's like, "Where's my camera? Someone get me a digital camera." <laughs> really prescient commentary uh, about the way that the motion pictures were moving. True. And yeah. then she just snaps pictures of all these silly models gallivanting with this very, uh, you know, short Fausti thing. or uh, 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 he the bagel looks boss. Like bagel guy. boss. <laughs> he looks like he looks like Falstaff, mm-hmm. and he's got like a tray full of lobster and cookies or some <laughs> shit. And then it's she. Just the 
craft services. And then she plugs him into Photoshop, puts a suit on him, and he looks like, rather than holding two trays in, in the air, it looks like he's throwing his arms up in the air and going, hey, that's Amore! <laughs> he's these, literally all these, Amore. All these hot babes around him. Uh, she's she's like, I'm going to prove And she you. wins the... She I'm mocks pro- it up, too, on a big... And she wins the client. I'm going to show you. And he's like, you done it again. I'm going to show you why you pay me to do this job, even when I refuse to sleep with you. Uh, Hell yeah. And he's like, (laughs) I didn't say that. Because when all the the investors are like, oh my God, Chester, you've been thoroughly dethroned. uh, It's so good. She's like, I'm a genius. Uh, Was that in the first 10 minutes of the movie? Yes. Glad, a lot. This movie moves. Yeah, this <laughs> movie is over two hours. The par- there's no plot and it the, moves. The parent-teacher <laughs> conference with Ed Harris and Susan Sarandon, when the teacher's like, look, I know that you guys are getting back together and you're moving to Sweden, and I think that's why Jenna Malone can't pay attention in school. And Susan's like, hold on one second. First of all, we are never getting back together, and we're not moving. Mm. She tricked you. She played you. <laughs> she, she tuned you like a fiddle. I love Ed Harris in that scene. He's what like, did, what does he do? He's just an <laughs> asshole. Well, it, it's like he, <laughs> Susan Sarandon calls him out in the same way that Dennis O'Hare calls out Nicole Kidman uh, in Big Little Lies when he shows the slideshow of hot men. Of she's all the really hot men. Uh, Good for her. Jealous. Good for her. Good for her. And, uh, but Susan, in the parent teacher, the parent teacher conference mm-hmm. says to the teacher and to Ed Harris, like, well, you've been sleeping with all these women for the past three years. It's one after another. The kids aren't safe in the house. He's like, <laughs> She's been my girlfriend for one year, Susan, and you know that. <laughs> Ed, uh, Ed, so uh, Ed is good. Mm. He's so it's hot. okay. Let's talk about Amor? the, the di- no the dynamic between Jackie and Isabel in this film is such that J- Jackie tells Isabel first that she has cancer before anyone. You have to tell me who's who. Jackie, Jackie is Susan. Okay. Jack- Wait. Isabel is Jackie Julia. Isabel. Susan gets cancer. Though. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay, got it, got it. Um, Do we know what kind of cancer? No, it's Just never Just a discussed. general affliction of the soul. That's the way illness is treated in this movie and death. Very magical. Very clean, easy. <laughs> it's very clean. She's it's being, very like, she's being, she's, she's being whisked away <laughs> into the, the mystical la la la. Like there's not, death isn't gross. No, it's she's death not isn't more. scary. She's being shamed. It's the opposite of a more. She, the movie is, the universe movie is shaming her for not being cool with the fact that her husband is mm. with a younger woman. Uh. She's like the jilted ex, and she deserves to be kicked into the dustbin of history. Mm. I just hate Again, from the first 10 minutes, for all I know, people are redeemed. Uh, the, I just hate the Susan Sarandon final, basic final moment with the two kids, uh-huh. and just how it's just like, well, when <laughs> What did she say? It's just like, my death is like magical. Ben is like, I really want to open presents. It's Christmas morning. And then Julia, Isabel is like, your mom wants to see you both first. And yeah. so first of all, it's like, oh, sh- you just left Susan upstairs dying <laughs> while you're all getting ready to open <laughs> presents. Wait, but you were going to say about the scene I know, where... I'll get back to that. But then, so we go upstairs and she's like on the chair. <laughs> she's like dying. 
Is she literally dying in that moment? Is that photo they take at the end of the movie and credits over and they're smiling next? Is that the final? She just yes. croaks. Wait, do they take a family photo next yes. to her dying and decrepit no, body? No, she does come downstairs. She she but never looks like she's dying. She's she only, never loses her hair. She never looks pale. She's and, only upstairs because she wants to have a private moment. I was going to say, oh, I just, pri- just them, a moment alone. And just give them private gifts. She's trying to escape from the movie. And she gives them, she gives Ben a magician's cape and Jenna Malone a swift just a kick quilt. in the ass. <laughs> a swift kick in the pants. Just a quilt with photos of like her holding them as babies and like their lives together. And they are the most incredible <laughs> actual glamour shots of the actress Susan Sarandon and her actual child. Oh, really? Like, there's no, th- those are not fake. <laughs> like, in the it's most. It's not Meryl and Ronald Reagan. Yeah, and the, the Iron most Lady. glamorous makeup holding a baby. So <laughs> it's good. Incredible. They were not taken at Sears, you know? And that's where this woman would go to get pictures taken. There's something deeply patriarchal about those gifts. It's like mm. t- telling the boy, chase your passion. It's a it's, it's a career. There's no money in that yeah. unless you you have a zero a zero point zero zero one percent chance of making it. But by God, you chase it, kid. Yep. Find your bliss. And she's like, you are now the bearer of the family history. Yeah, I've wo- woven you a quilt, and you will pass it on to your daughter. <laughs> they literally give the boy a live dove, and we don't know any birds. Of the, the presence of the girl. The 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 birds are what tie these three films the, together. The, this movie's been raked over the coals for being so maudlin and mm. like uh, manipulative, but the fucking dinner scene. Which one? The, you when, need to define when they, when they say when Meryl or Meryl, Meryl. <laughs> when, when Meryl comes down from the ceiling and uh-huh. says, "Boop!" But you um, left some things out, didn't you? When Jackie and Isabel say the most insane things to each other about the one like that I love yes. the line that I love. Yes, Julia is like, I just don't want it to be Jenna Malone's. Wedding day, and she's in her beautiful dress, and we are we are back there waiting for this to start. And she says, "I wish my mother was here." And then Susan Sarandon responds by saying, "I fear that she she won't. She won't. My fear is that she won't." But it's just it's totally insane for a person to say that in the first place. Yes, literally insane. That is not conversation. There's no. No one would ever think I that my, the one I'm gonna be raising her now, and that's that's that she wouldn't want her mother there on her wedding day. <laughs> it's totally insane. Whole, that whole scene is just manufactured to make audiences uh-huh. cry, and it's so like emotional manipulation. Like usually doesn't bother me, mm. but holy shit. The part that the part that gets to me that like on a true sincere level is the very last moment of the film when Isabella is taking the family photos. Yes. And then Susan says, Well now let's get one with the whole family. Isabella. <laughs> and she scoots over. Oh my god. And then drags and then, herself to the other side of the chaise. And then it and then it zooms it zooms it, in on the on two of them. On just the two of them sitting next to each other and like Susan has like a, a slightly uncomfortable look on her face. <laughs> yes, she's, well, she's like, dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 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 Abby and Alana. But that <laughs> that really gets me. That moment, it does. Oh, it gets you. It gets like, me in my heart. Oh, I thought you were saying it gets you annoyed. No, it gets, it gets me. him lit. It gets me sad. No, it does. It is sweet. It's it is very, sweet. It's because it's played. 
It's just because Susan is so good. When the way her tone of it's saying the tone and it's the Isabel? pause, mm-hmm. it's the pause between "Let's get one with the whole family." Isabel, it it is Susan Sarandon's <laughs> delivery. Yes. of the line, and then that makes it and work. then Julia is like, "Oh my god, it's finally <laughs> happened." It's very much like the opposite. She's gonna croak, but I got the approval. <laughs> it's very much the opposite of Amour when Jean Louis mm. Trintignant is like. We're gonna have the whole family together. No, not you, Isabel. Like <laughs> we're not gonna return your calls. It's just me and mommy now. And I love in stepmom when Ed Harris says, you know, this whole family is gonna fall apart without all of the things you do for us, Jean Dielman. Oh, Thank nice. you. Wow, I did that's it. True. Wait, you wanna talk about when oh, Jackie first tells when, and then we'll move on to a so, more. Okay, so, we've, so we've immediately... We've been talking about stepmom long and we've been talking I about know. the farewell. I said, I, I said it's all I have mm-hmm. things to say about. <laughs> In the scene immediately preceding her telling her she has cancer, she Julia is trying to investigate what is what Jackie is up to. I love the investigative hey, work. And she she calls 411 and she gets the number for Random House because Jackie has told her she's meeting with her old boss. She might be getting her job at Random House back. Got it. Of course she's an editor. When the person at Random House picks up the phone, she's like, can I speak to Jackie Harris? Is Harris their last name? I'm just like going off. I'm just, my synapses are flying right now. And she's like, Jackie Harrison. She's like, Jackie hasn't worked here in 10 years. And she's like, no, I know, but she's there meeting with her old boss. And she's like, no, I'm the senior editor who picked up the main line at (laughs) Random House Publishing. (laughs) And I, I don't have a meeting with her. <laughs> so then we go to the house. Yes. And Susan Sarandon is the, smoke, the random house. Is smoking yes. pot outside in her beanie. Yeah, I was like, is this our Seattle mm-hmm. realness? Where does this She's smoking place? pot. It's definitely like Upstate northeast. New York. Okay. Yeah. They it might be Connecticut, it, but it's like in yeah. the city and around the city. In and around. They go to the house outside the city like four times a week. <laughs> And Julia Roberts has a Land Rover in New York City. Sure does. Anyway, I have a, a garage. I have the, a lot to say about this loft. this classic film. Um, <laughs> Daniel is just fuming. I'm not fuming. I'm thrilled to not have anything to say. For once. <laughs> She she she, she does thinks, snooping. She's snooping, and she thinks she has uncovered that Jackie is actually going to work for Random House in L.A. There's a scandal. There's a dirty West. There's Coast. a boarding pass just. Sitting outside, <laughs> makes it's in her mail, and it's a letter from mail. someone at Random House that says, "Can't wait to see you." <laughs> Is just, she having an affair? No, that, that feels like a fake letter. She has to go to uh, she has to go to L.A. to get a treatment, even though New York has Sloan Kittering. It makes no sense. A very vague. Also, she's got to get a tan. Yeah, it's true. A very vague treatment, and she's in like, LA. "You're gonna take the kids and." Leave and, and up and go, and that will kill Ed Harris. And she's like, she's smoking her dope, and she's like, "Well, <laughs> you you guessed the wrong lie. <laughs> I've actually got cancer." And Julie Roberts goes, "Are you dying?" <laughs> Everyone's first reaction to Susan Sarandon dying? having cancer is, "Are you dying?" Oh, Are you I mean, dying? Jenna Malone asks, "She's a child." She's a yes. child. It ben makes sense asks, for her. What does Ed Harris say? Are you dying? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Uh, we don't see her tell Ed Harris, actually, though, do we? 
No, because we it cut. Cu- it, a husband it cuts knows to after because she tries to tell scene. him, and then he says he's getting engaged, and so she's like, "Well, I'm not going to tell him now." And then she tells Isabel first, and we so we only need the one, like narratively, we all know, the one yeah. reveal. Yeah, the one. Are you dying? The last thing that I want to dying? do is read my favorite line in the film. Yes. For some reason, Susan is telling. Uh, Julia, yeah, about the births of the two children. And she does Jenna Malone second, but what she says is like, uh, it took like 12 hours. And she was a, she was a feisty young bitch then. She didn't say that. But that is the but tone. basically. And what she's, she says about Ben. <laughs> ben was born in two hours and went straight for the breast and camped out there for four days, always with this mischievous look on his face like he had a secret. His secret was that he liked your boobs. I don't, I don't, I think that that line launches the conversation about the birds of the children. They're just watching them ice skate. (laughs) Like, when Ben was born, he just loved the breast. He loved my nipple. He was a breast man from day one. He loved the breast. (laughs) All right, now that we've spent 47 minutes on... Simon, because I just right, we I have couldn't, twelve minutes to talk about it more. I couldn't contain myself. I'm sorry. Don't apologize. Uh, That's the most you've ever talked on a podcast. <laughs> I think that speaking is more than you've spoken across ninety. The, the last six four episodes. episodes. Oh, and I love the definitely stingy, the last four. Yeah, I love the stingy cheese man. The the story that oh that I, whole, I read that, that growing up. Classic. That really brought. That was a real ratatouille. That's moment. a ratatouille moment. That's a ratatouille moment. I had that moment. I was like, oh, oh you can't catch book. me. Yeah, like, I'm the stingy, I'm the stingy cheese, cheese man. A good book. And so then, great. And then Ben was like, yeah, just start over from yeah, the just beginning. Start from the beginning. And Julie was like, fuck. I thought you were doing our Ben for a second. I'm like, that is rude. <laughs> She's literally like, okay, you finish it yourself. You bitch. She just gives him the book and leaves. That is not a good parent. Uh, all right, let's talk about Amor and then the shit. Um, Amor. I'm, I'm all in immediately. That's my first note about Amor. Oh, yeah. Much funnier. Mm. Yeah. What, no, of what's course. Your first note it's, such a, all in immediately. it's such a smart way to start the movie. The uh. police, the pigs busting down mm. the front doors. <laughs> The battering ram, the wood flying everywhere, and the Ophelia flower. Well, first corpse. you see you see that there's something wrong with this really nice bourgeois apartment because the doors are all taped up mm-hmm. with like a really like normal but sort of gross looking like brown tape. Like it's it's it. Hanukkah is so good at finding like the chilling layers in the ordinary, mm-hmm. and that tape I think is a great. Example. I wrote an essay about that. Really, in my Hitchcock class. Oh my god, we had about to, the tape. We had no. This movie had not come out yet, but we had to mm. about the I did a on the white ribbon um, about just the horror in the everyday. We had to do like a thriller and talk about the Hitchcockian elements of it. What it's so and I think about it more like I feel like everything. Nothing I'm going to say has not been said before, but Amor is the one Hanukkah movie of the ones I've seen where by laying out the horror of living in everyday life, mm. he reveals compassion and warmth even though it's not by 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 stripping the movie of sentiment Mm -hmm. it becomes the most romantic movie of the decade Mm -hmm. i I think i i agree i saw a log that uh was very bad what i think i saw it too i don't want to talk about it well i just have i just have a little bit to say okay that was it the half star they called it dehumanizing and 
all I have to say about that. What? Nothing. Go ahead. What is your face? <laughs> Why do you have that fucking face on your face? <laughs> I don't want to say because I don't want you to have to cut anything. Oh, well, that's fine. Just let me recoil and disgust. Know that I agree with you. But that point of view comes from someone who has never watched someone they love die. That is how I feel about that. Mm. Because yeah. you're, you're, he's basically saying that he cannot look at the horrors of life and death by saying it's dehumanizing. Because I think it's a, it's a very warm movie in a way. I do yeah. too. And it's I incredibly it's, warm. And I think it's a very generous film to the characters. I do too, because it shows us their humanity in full bloom, which is uh, the full bloom eventually rots, decays, mm-hmm. and dies. Mm-hmm. And there's this movie is like driven by like the idea of following the logical extension of everything to its finish. Mm-hmm. And in this, it is like a marriage that is marked by mutual respect, mutual accomplishment, love, routine habit and it catches the first moment when that starts to go away Mm -hmm. and then it follows it to the very to the bitter end Mm -hmm. and it is not saying what a shame like how awful i'm not going to torture these characters for two hours Mm -hmm. by showing i'm by taking this thing away it is showing that this is the best case scenario if you stay with the person that you love Mm -hmm. up until like until you die Mm -hmm. John, odds are this is what it's going to look like on some level. They might not have the exact same condition as her. Like, it might be him. But the taking, the the care for one another is beautiful. Yeah. And I think this movie is full of a lot of little loves throughout. Like how the uh, landlord and his wife, like, bring the groceries up for mm-hmm. them. Like, mm-hmm. this movie, is like, moments like that, I think, are the opposite of dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's gracious, and I think it's generous, and I think it really demonstrates humanity at its best. Mm-hmm. I think it's Hanukkah's most human movie. Would you agree? No. Well, you, dep- it depends on how we're defining human, because... Well, most, like, compassionate. Which might ne- not necessarily be what Hanukkah thinks human is. But right. I do think it's his right. most compassionate no, human, of what human, I've seen. Human would be a different... I mean compassion, like human in a compassion way. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I think that by showing her dead on the bed with the rose petals dusted all around her face, this beautiful, like, um, you know, shrine that he builds to her in death, you know where it's going. You already know where it's going to go. She's not going to get better at any point. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think by starting with that grace note... The tension in the film is not how do we get from where we are leaving the concert Mm -hmm. to the beginning of the movie with the house all sealed up. That's there, but I don't know. I just think it's a beautiful... I just want to watch that. It's a beautiful... Yeah, exactly. It actually gives them... It gives them space. And as a viewer, like... It gives the character... Not as a viewer. It gives the character space to, like, live their lives in this, you know, know, very meticulous, like, uh, clinical Hanukkah way. But I think there's just so much life packed into this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely beautiful. Somehow in the like seven minutes before the first stroke, you see their entire lives. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's amazing. And I feel very similar at the beginning of this movie as I do to Toy Story movies, which mm-hmm. is like, Andy's going to have a great time at Cowboy Camp. <laughs> like, no, nothing bad's going to happen to Andy. Or nothing bad's going to happen to Woody. Like, Woody's going to go with Andy to Cowboy Camp. They're yeah. going to have a great summer. Yeah. Credits are going to roll. We belong together. And at the beginning of a more, I'm like, 
God, it's so nice. Like the way they go out together. I'm like, they're gonna have so a real. Sweet. They're gonna have a really nice night. The, they're gonna the have a really, student. really nice night tonight uh, at the next concert they go yeah. to. And then even even when she has that first stroke, it's like she's got the wheelchair. They're gonna be fine. It was a blip. She's gonna yeah. figure out how to read with one hand, even though mm-hmm. the right side of her body is paralyzed. She's gonna get her. She's gonna get her groove back. And that's that's a really well rendered moment because it's. She tells her husband, I don't you're not going to watch me figure it out, figure out how to hold a book because and that's then, what we're thinking. And then, and, and like you're cringing waiting for it. And then it's like, oh yeah, that's very easy for her. She to figured do it out very easily. Yeah. But were you like, guys, oh. th- but were you guys wondering how she was going to do it uh-huh. too? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Cause we, I, even watching it this time, you've seen it obviously. Yeah. And I was like, how is she? Just it's just like, oh fuck. I was like, are we going to have to watch her start? No. That's she, something she I love so much easily. about Emmanuel Riva's performance is it is. Her frustration is as much with Jean-Louis Trentignon as it is with the audience's like sympathies and frustrations. Mm-hmm. Like she just she she never goes out of her way to like endear you to this woman, mm-hmm. which is not to say that she portrays her as difficult or thorny, but there 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 seems to be like the, I love that shot in Happy End that was like the first picture that was revealed with all of the characters like looking towards the camera and you're mm-hmm. like what are they looking at like why is there a suspicion there why is there also just like a level of like killer in all of them, mm-hmm. but. She she like disarms an audience's sympathies and then points them back at you while also letting you in and watching this woman. It's a very open performance while also being very I don't know. I think it's a very active performance, mm-hmm. even though in on paper it's very passive. Yeah. Oh, when it cuts to sense. her playing the piano. It does, yeah. Oh, beautiful. <gasps> and then the cut I, I mean, forgot about all those moments. Yeah. That and then happened. the cut back to him on the chair watching her, uh-huh. and then he just shuts off the stereo uh-huh. and it was just music that he was playing from uh-huh. the Buried CD. the farewell in those moments. Oh, oh hello. A little poetic flourish. So what do we all think the pigeon represents? <laughs> it's the acceptance of death, right? I literally have yeah. never thought about what the pigeon means. The first time I saw it, I got really moved because I was, you know, I was in film school when I saw this and I wasn't like trying to read the movie actively, but this movie is not challenging to me at all now, watching it now. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, it's a difficult watch because you're watching somebody die. You're, like, watching the end of a marriage. Um, but I, when I watched it for the first time, it, it, like, totally didn't, like, break my brain. But I mm-hmm. remember having to exercise a little more patience. It's my favorite movie that year. Mm-hmm. But when The Pigeon came on, like, because I was just so used to, like, reading movies. I, my point is, like, it's not like I wasn't watching it mm-hmm. and just trying to figure it out. But... It just like came to me when I was watching for the first time that that's what the pigeon represented, and it like colored my entire viewing experience for the rest of it. And so then watching it again, I'm like, I think I was right, but I th- I'm sure it could mean a million different things. Yeah, because like it comes in and then he like shoes it out, mm-hmm. and it's while he's still like trying to behave as if everything is. He knows everything's not okay, but he's trying to just persevere mm-hmm. and like stiff upper lip, mm-hmm. and then he catches the pigeon after he smothers his wife yeah. to death with a uh, pillow. Yeah. No, that's I remember the first time I saw it, that's what I viewed the pigeon as too. And it's you know, it's not like it's like the deepest symbol in the world or anything, but I think it's it's rendered just ex- very effectively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that pigeon. I love the geography in, in this movie. Same. Um I don't I actually don't think that Hanukkah is the last trying... shot of Isabella at the end. Oh, it's great. Which is, you know, very much like it's her turn next. Mm-hmm. Or like eventually it's coming for all of us. Mm-hmm. Isabel's incredible in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's one of the it's one of her performances of the last like I was say five years, but like really like the last ten years. This movie came out seven years ago, where she like really lets her guard down. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not it's not a confrontational performance like a lot of her work is. Yeah, like she really is allowing you to watch this woman, uh, like break down and not Isabel Luper always seems like she 
knows something more than you do or mm-hmm. she has a secret and in this movie like she doesn't know anything yeah mm-hmm. and i think it's great yeah that's true that's really interesting and of course i have to bring up in happy end the, mm-hmm. the funniest part of the whole movie when jean-louis trantignon asks those men to wheel him into traffic <laughs> i thought about that and i thought about how you left that in, so, while watching this movie it's so funny mm. iconic I thought about in this movie how my grandma always used to say to my mom, if anything ever happens to me, I don't want anyone to wipe my ass. Mm-hmm. And that's that's very much Emmanuel Riva's yeah, she position yeah. in this movie. When she mm-hmm. refuses the water and refuses, mm-hmm. she's like, I put some peaches in. It's actually quite good. Mm-hmm. She's like, not for me. <laughs> she's like, let me die. Nope. I cannot believe she did not win the oscar i mean who, i can who but you know what i you know what i mean yeah. jennifer lawrence won for silver linings playbook mm-hmm. and i love jennifer lawrence and i think she deserves to be an oscar winner at this stage in her career mm-hmm. but i think that that is like one of the most criminal decisions the academy has made in my adult life she also flew all the way to la and, and partied with convention wallace the day before there's a great picture of emmanuel riva and convention wallace like at one of those luncheons together the youngest and the oldest uh, nominees ever together. Beautiful. Aww. It's really sweet. She should have won. She should have won. That's just the bottom line. And Jean-Louis Trantignon should have been nominated. Mm-hmm. He's extraordinary. Yeah, it's weird that she, I mean, it is just, it's the more challenging performance it's on paper. It's the more physical yes. performance. Physical is what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, and, and they, they, you know, they the Academy that. loves that. They love that. It's still a small miracle that this movie, and the, the miracle is Sony Pictures classics, uh-huh, frankly. That the movie got. Best picture, best director, best actress, best original screenplay, and one foreign language film. Mm-hmm. It's It really is incredible. Yeah. This is in my top 10 movies of the decade. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think it's a profound piece of work. Duh. But I, I love it. And yeah. I think it is tremendously entertaining. I do too. You can't tear it's, your it's, eyes it away. Is, it is compelling, is what it is. I just learned a quote of uh, that Abel Ferrara said of Fassbender's work, that he just makes movies you can sit and fucking watch, and that's how I feel about this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I put it on at like 11.30 last night mm-hmm. because I knew I was... I, I've been busy for a while now, but I was like... I'm not going to be able to watch this and Stepmom unless I put it on right now. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have to watch Stepmom on my lunch break. And then I'll have to leave at this time and sit in front of Ben's for two hours and fi- or an hour and finish the movie. Mm-hmm. And all that got thwarted. But I was like, I'll probably watch the first hour of a more because it's really late and I did a crazy hike today. I just need to wake up early tomorrow and finish it. And like 15 minutes into the movie, I'm like, there is no fucking way I am not finishing this movie in one sitting. Mm-hmm. It's such an experience. It's so good. The ride of life. It's a good movie. Good fucking movie, it's a good movie. Do I have one of the best that I, like, of the decade super want to say no, we can who is that. it that says imagination reality of little in common is that an emmanuel riva line i have that yes written down, no but I don't no have any she context. yes because yeah. because she's talking about like how you think this is gonna go yeah and she yes. and she's like not, that's obviously not gonna happen because yeah. how often do imagination reality line up exactly mm-hmm. I love that line. which i find very comforting yeah it's true it's like the ultimate Tonic the only against thing anxiety you can count and dread on is that nothing is able to be counted on, and nothing is going to happen 100 the way you think it is. Mm-hmm. How fun! It's Mercury beautiful, retrograde, which beautiful is what movie. That's about. God, don't I know it? If Jesus really Christ! Wait, what? The it's Mercury retrograde. Weeks? I've been feeling it. God, I am going crazy. One of the pillars of the pattern is anxiety. <laughs> oh, I'll we'll have to read it. And the way it describes my anxiety, I'm like, I'll look it up it's right there. Bitch, I, I will kill you. <laughs> I'm going crazy now by the lake. Huh? Just quote Fargo. But like oh, I'm, oh. I'm going crazy now by the lake right now. 
Also, the musician is hot. Really hot. He's really hot. Really hot. The Just, former student. Mm-hmm. His mm-hmm. note is so douchey. Mm-hmm. He's like, we spent a beautiful and sad moment together. Here's my CD. And it's like, you wrote that to make you feel better. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of that in this movie. Like yeah. where, where um, I mean, there's not many characters. Mayor Reeve so, just doesn't want to talk about like, it. Is yeah. it. Isabelle Luper is like, and her husband, Jeff, or her mm-hmm. ex-husband, Jeff, or whoever, whatever that guy is. He shows up to make himself feel better. Right. That he's like mm-hmm. checking in with his dying mother-in-law, mm-hmm. you know, and she's there because she's trying to play the dutiful daughter. Because they're, it, it feels like they're estranged in a way. They are, yeah. You know, yes, it's you like read that they're they're catching up after clearly a long time. Yeah. in that first Isabel scene. So, do we think that Happy End is actually a sequel to this, or do you think that Holland is just fucking with this by? having all the characters have the same names and then, uh, you know, have the Jean-Louis Trantignant character, yeah. Georges, like, confess to killing his wife to his mm-hmm. young, sadistic granddaughter. I Th- just think... There's the- so many elements of all his movies yes. in Happy End. Have Wait. you not seen Happy End? No, I did, but I didn't know that he's yeah. played with the idea that it's a sequel. Yeah. He, in so many words, because, like, Isabelle Lepere is playing the daughter named Eva. Mm-hmm. Georges is the patriarch, and he's kind of like a bastard. Which is different than this movie, but like he's lost his wife, and we yeah. find out later that like he killed his wife because like she was dying, and then there's the element of like the white ribbon because like the sadistic little child. Yeah, right. Um, there's like sort of a colonialist conversation I think going on, which yes. is cachet. Yeah. Um, I still uh, think so. That, some malgulation. I know that everyone this. doesn't agree with this, but I still think the last shot of Happy End is fucking hilarious. And it's it's hilarious. It's so fucking. Funny. Isabel's face. It's so good. What She's are you like, doing? <laughs> Wait, but she's like, "What are you doing here?" So is Stuart is happy end like an alternate reality where George doesn't? See, I think it's more just like an alternate reality. Yes, that's how I would he, read yeah. it too. Because he kills himself. That's just, what I think. Right? I think he when dies when at when, the when end she of asks the granddaughter to push him into the <laughs> great iconic. That's great. I think no, yeah, I think he dies at the end of a war. I oh, at the end of a war. Mm-hmm. Oh, you think he dies? Yes. I think, think he kills himself? I yes. think so. Wait, so tell me how you guys read this. Because they exit together? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I, I yeah, see that. Yeah. That's how I read I it, because they mm-hmm. exit. And but I where's think, his body? I think he jumps out the fucking window. We don't... The, but if he jumped window, out the window, they would have gone up to the apartment. But Like, she's clearly been in that apartment for a couple days. Yeah. That's true. It's possible that he has also been in the apartment we, for a couple days. We don't, we don't see, see them, his bedroom. We don't see them look in where, like, the study where he's been camped that's out. That's true. Mm-hmm. We don't see That's it. true. We do. Yeah, that's true. Also, I, I, I don't think he dies, but that's, you can, that is, that is there in the text. I, mm-hmm. I agree. Because when Isabel sits, how, so she doesn't discover Emmanuel Rivas. Well, I think we're meant to believe that's after. Much, much later. I think, yeah. Yeah. Like far, far after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe. And now, and that, that tracks with the read that he's dead. Like mm-hmm. she's been, the property's been passed Because he's either her. dead or he's missing. I think he's missing. I think he runs away. That's how I've oh, always read interesting. it. interesting. Where would he go? I don't know. Away from there. Away from his life. It's not like he's like, finally free. But no, I know. But I just. He, he has much to think about. I just think he would kill himself. I to th- be with her. That would be mm-hmm. my read. I see that, but, but I think I, I think that's almost a little too sentimental for the movie. It does exist like in the logic of it, like mm-hmm. by killing yourself, by killing her, like that how that how that's beautiful and like not many movies would go in that direction. Mm-hmm. But I just I think like the lingering pain of the movie is that it's is the separation. Maybe. I think that reads totally valid too. It could be both. I mean good it film. could be either. It's a good film. 
All right, well. Oh, and, oh what? And I saw Vertigo in 70 millimeter. Uh. Ah, changed my life. Powerful. Welcome to the club. I know. No, I'm so glad to be in the club now. Yeah. It, it, I, it, it's like... Good movie. No, I truly was such a fucking idiot when I was a teenager. Like, I had some, like... I, you know, I, I had, I, I wasn't a total idiot, but I was kind of an idiot. And like well, 75% we of vertigo went straight over my head. Yeah. It, you really have to have lived. It's some so shit. perverted. Mm-hmm. I also like think every of, gay person I know is Barbara Bel Geddes. I, oh my God. You know, a classic, mm-hmm. the painting mm-hmm. where uh, she's Carlotta Valdez. Uh, that's so good. It's very good. It's so hard. Is there any like scholarship or like writing on the idea that it's all a dream? The whole thing? Yeah. I think so. Because we never see him get down. There are so many plot holes in the movie, and because Hitchcock always excelled at plot, Mm -hmm. it's very uncharacteristic. Yeah. And so I feel like it's very purposeful. And when you consider the first scene of the movie and how Scotty is, like, dangling on the edge of the building, and we we don't see how he... How would anyone know to find him on the roof and pull him up? Yeah. And he's not going to survive that fall. Mm -hmm. What happens? Yeah. We never find out what happens, so I, it's either like the like the dream of like it's a very dying Mulholland man. Drive. That maybe it's the extremely whole thing. Lynchian. Mm-hmm. Worst thing I've ever said, but it's true. Like it, it does coast on that dream logic, and I, I don't know. I found myself thinking that like maybe the whole thing was a dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so fucking good. It's really great. It's a very special movie. Do you think people like watch that movie now, and are like, it's really disgusting of Hitchcock to like put this like make us try and care about this romance. I think so. But it's so, I've seen that read. It's so apparent that Hitchcock is as disgusted by it as you are as an audience yeah. member. And of course, because Hitchcock, he's also kind of turned on by it. And that it's not a romance. It's not a romance is the other thing. He's obsessed with exactly. her. He doesn't love her. No, that and that's that's like the big thing. Mm-hmm. That's what's so fascinating about it. Like the, the courtship, which is not about courtship at all. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's about control and mm-hmm. about obsession. What a good movie. And about movie. waiting for that green light. Waiting for the green light. I really want to do a supercut of... Of us. A green light music video, but only clips from Vertigo. Mm. Because like there are a lot of of course I like did uh. the research. Uh but by research I mean I read the lyrics. I read the lyrical content. Mm. And there's like an analogue for every single line. I bet. Order different drinks at the same bar when they go back to Eddie's uh. as different people. True. That's in my nose. They do it. Anyway, I just had to say it to Ben. That is because I know it, it's like your favorite movie. It is. It's, it's one of them. It's it's it, it changed me. Mm-hmm. It changed me. Such a good movie. Yeah, it's great. It really is. You're typing. Sorry, I'm You're doing, doing type- typing. I'm doing typing. I, All right, wrap it take up. Take us away. I checked out. Um, not because I don't love Vertigo, but you know, I haven't seen it recently. <gasps> As my friend Brandon Kirby said on Letterboxd, the original Gone Girl. Uh, did I say that? Do you know him? That that was my log. Yeah, I've seen it literally a hundred times. Wow. This. Has been another episode of Movies IMO. Um, follow us on Twitter, rate, review, subscribe on your favorite podcatcher, Acast, Spotify, iTunes. Rate us five stars and tell us. Mm, I have one. Are you dying? And tell us. <laughs> are, you, are you dying? <laughs> Sorry. I had to. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> hell yeah. What was yours going to be? Mine was going to be, and tell us. Ha! <laughs> ha! That's Based on an actual lie. <laughs> oh, that's rich. <laughs> oh, Jim, do you see that? <laughs> I do, Carol. Now shut up. 
when she what? had at the end the man who also was like, "Is this the movie?" He was like, "Is this the end?" No, he no, he was like, "What's that?" <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the, no, you saw the arc light. Who is he mm-hmm. with? This is landmark patron behavior. It is. <laughs> who is he with? I think he was with his homosexual partner. Uh, they were very old. Oh, they were an old gay. They were very old. Oh, God. My audience was so respectful. So my the person everyone next had to, a big laugh. The, my the person next to me sat sat like this. He sat like this. Oh, was, I was pretty enthralled. I mean, he was just in. I was pretty enthralled. So I know it's not a visual I, medium, but he was started, sitting very concentrated. I'll I'll say my last thing about the movie when and I say goodbye, so I don't take up any more time. When I say farewell, <gasps> wow. Um, next farewell. Oh, one more thing that this man said after the 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 Judy trailer. Is that movie called Judy? It's called yes. Judy. Judy. Speaking of vertigo. Exclamation he said, point. Question mark? I think we're going to have to see that. <laughs> well, yeah, you're contractually obliged. You're gay. If he's an elderly homosexual. That's oh, we're going to have to see that. Mm. We're going to have to. Next week. We're discussing. Not we. You. Daniel's jumping out a window. So me, Ben, and very, very special guest star, Cameron Sheets, can discuss John Favreau's remake, live action remake of everyone's 1994. If I knew the actual lyrics, I would burst out in the circle of life right now. Brandon, what are you reaching for? <coughs> the circle of life, <coughs> bitch. For the lyrical content, this, the Lion King, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. It's our first Disney movie. Just kidding. And I'm just, I'm just beside myself, sad. <laughs> I can't. You're gonna miss it. I'm gonna miss it. But it, this is what would have been our one year anniversary of the eighth grade episode. Oh. Well. Because it was during Outfest. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. That's, well, that's history. <laughs> we hate to see it. You not oh. being you not being here. Oh, I thought you were talking about eighth grade. Oh, well, that we too. Hate, we hate to see it. <laughs> well, hmm. I love to see it. The Lion King. Why you already st- said that. And we're also talking about the original <laughs> Lion, the Lion King. King. Will you be discussing the Lion King one and a half? <gasps> oh. Oh, Have you seen the and the Lion the King sequel. two Simba's Revenge? Is it, no, it's like Simba and Scar's children. Oh, what? They're children. Oh, the plot you mean? Oh, not it's like the title. it's like Simba's son, <laughs> and I think like Scar's grandson. And of course, like the color difference is there, and they scamp around and they have a fight, and they run into the woods. Simba's pride. Simba's pride. What a film. gay. Oh, look at baby True. Scar. I know. Cute. It's cute. Can we be done? The Lion King. <laughs> Should I'm we Brandon, sign off? I'm Brandon oh, Kirby. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby. I'm Ben Emby. You can find me on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes. I'm Daniel Crook. I'm on the internet at Daniel Crook with three O's. Cried a lot. Won't, won't share the anecdote for time purposes. Why? Share it. I'm very happy to wrap up. <laughs> Why? Share it. Very happy to wrap up. John Favreau's The Lion King. The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.